This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy World Cup Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. As I've told you um, several times, I knew now. World Cup. I knew World Cup was starting this week. I will call it World Cup, not the World Cup. <laughs> no articles here. World Cup is starting on Thursday. I know this because I got in my elevator at work today, the office. Got the little TV there in the uh, elevator to tell you what the weather and the news is. And mm-hmm. Nicholas Bentner was underneath the headline, World Cup starts on Thursday. So uh, you heard it here first, cheaters. Nicholas Bentner is out there as the new mascot of Russia 2018. When you first told me that, I was like, is he doing TV for the U.S.? Like, no, surely someone in their, <laughs> someone in their production team would have seen a photo of Nicholas Bentner and be like, oh, you know, that guy is not even making in the World Cup, right? He's not even in the 23. He's just going to be uh, co-hosting halftime shows with Alexi Lalas here on Fox Sports. You know, it was an American promo, so they probably thought it was Ronaldo or something. You know, just totally. yeah, exactly. <laughs> some some poor intern uh, was was tasked with the World Cup ticker. This is I don't want to get too off topic here, but the world it's the weirdest thing. The World Cup in the U.S. is such a strange thing because it is both the biggest thing and not a thing at all. Right? It's like. Mm-hmm. It's you know in a sense it is like anyone who who loves the sport uh, you know they're absolutely like yeah I, I'm super excited about it I've read a million articles this week I've you know just devoured everything I could and partially to prepare for these podcasts but also just because I like it so much and um, but then you know you listen to like a sports radio show or something or even just like go on ESPN for thirty minutes and like it's like the World Cup isn't happening at all you know it's such a strange it's weird. <laughs> It is strange. It is strange. It's a constant evolution here in the States. It's an <laughs> it ebb and flow. It is. I know. It's, it's too bad the U.S. men's team didn't play in it. But, you know, I, I am excited. I know a lot of American listeners are excited. The the 25% of our audience that is American is very excited about uh, about this podcast. Either uh, you want to know the other splits, Brandon? I think the number one group is uh, the U.K. Number two is the U.S. Number three, Norway. Number four, Sweden. Number five is, I believe, New Zealand, possibly Australia. 
Nice. So uh, we've got a good Scandinavian contingent out there. Very strong. Yeah, Finland's in the top 10 for sure. Uh, Brandon, last week we did World Cups Group A through D. This week we're doing World Cups uh, Groups E through H, right? Is that four? E through H. Yeah. E through H. Um, Know your alphabet, Josh. Yeah. uh, we got a lot of great feedback on the uh, Groups A through D podcast. uh, So thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for, for listening. Uh, and Brandon, thank you to uh, – we have a bunch of new Patreon uh, supporters, and I want to thank all of them real quick. Uh, yeah. Toby let's give Carroll, them a shout-out. Let's, let's give them a shout-out. Let Carroll, me talk over their names. Then, then, then they'll know that <laughs> they're thanked. Keep doing it. <laughs> uh, Toby Carroll, Julian Stevenson, Guy Yedweb, John Eric Torstenson, Dave McNutt, and David Geckel. Uh, thank you to uh, all of you guys. Uh, we actually just redesigned our Patreon page, so – uh, if you want to pop on there and give it a look and uh, give us some feedback, even if you're even if you're not quite ready to become a Patreon supporter, we'd love to know what you think about it um, or any ideas, you know, things that you, you would change if you were us. So we can take feedback, right, Brandon? We, we well, both constructive, in- constructive feedback. Don't be mean. We don't like we no. don't like that. We as we, as you know, we have a strict no bully podcast on <laughs> both, on always cheating. Yeah, but just just to, a management experience in our personal lives. We know how this goes. <laughs> just. Just to recommend the Patreon redesign, if all you really need in your life to you want to feel better, go there to see a nice picture of a smiling Dia Mercy Embicani, and yeah. it will, it brightens my day just to go to the <laughs> Patreon page. Yep. So yeah, patreon.com slash always cheating, and you can go there to support the podcast, but you can also go there to become a Patreon supporter and participate in our Patreon-exclusive set and, first, set and forget World Cup game. So as we as we outlined in last week's episode, Josh, we have we're recommending three specific ways to enjoy the World Cup in terms of games or, or fantasy games, and the first of which is our Patreon set and forget game, yeah. or the pick, to, a cu- pick a country game if you want to be a little more active. Yeah, <laughs> pick. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you don't want to feel like a sloth, <laughs> not just a. Uh, uh, set the game and then lay on the couch covered in potato <laughs> chips game. That's not exactly it. Or crisps, uh, as as some might call them. Yeah. So we've got, we've got, we, you, you guys know how the game works. We've got it set it up, set up with eight different pots, uh, not by world cup groups, but by FIFA rankings. So all the biggest teams are in one pot and all the smallest teams or lowest ranked teams are in another pot. And you pick one team from each pot and watch the points roll in. You just enjoy watching the tournament. So to, to participate in that game, become a Patreon member, and the winner gets a $100 gift card to worldsoccershop.com, where maybe the, uh, maybe the uh, uh, Nigeria jerseys will be back in stock by the time the World Cup is over and you get that yeah. gift certificate. I think with our, our hard push last week, we probably just sold those right out. Uh, you can also join the uh, FIFA World Cup game. Uh, we have uh, you can find links on our Facebook page or our, our Twitter page, um, and uh, there's there's direct links to to join. And there's also league codes on there too if you want to just uh, log in yourself and 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 enter that league code manually for some reason. Um, I'll put so, the auto join link. I'll put the auto join link for the McDonald's game. Uh, always cheating league in the show notes of this podcast. So if you want to just click and join, go to the show notes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you eating right now? <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm drinking a really spicy bourbon for all of you uh, booze hounds out there. <laughs> and uh, it, 
some, sometimes it takes a little doing to get it down the gullet. I can tell. There's a lot of lip smacking going on. That end. Ah, uh, and whenever you talk about McDonald's, be it the uh, FIFA fantasy game or just McDonald's in, in general, my, I start salivating. It's like a, yeah, it's like a Skinner-esque. Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> Uh, or Pavlovian response. Um, so, and the final way you can do it is uh, starting 11. Uh, they're a daily fantasy app. Uh, they have a new uh, rollout of their World Cup app. And uh, I think any day that there are two or more games, you can play in that. Uh, so starting this Friday. Friday is such a loaded day for the World Cup. Um, yeah. I really, unfortunately, I can't, I, I cannot miss work. I'm so disappointed. There's so many great games uh, on Friday. But if you can miss work or if you don't have a job, you are a lucky person today. <laughs> or, <laughs> lucky or you person live in, uh, you, or you live in Europe where these games are actually on at a reasonable time. Right. That's true. That's true. You could just have a, you don't, you don't even have to quit your job. You can just watch them in the evening. Yeah. Um, no, but for start, for starting 11, you can download the app for your iOS or Android. Just go to starting11.io. And they also have cash games now available in Germany. And you can also play for cash in the UK, Canada, and uh, most of the United States. And, and real quick, some people were asking about the Patreon set and forget, or as you like to call it, Josh, active pick a country game. <laughs> uh, I think our soft deadline for submitting your entries is around 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time on Wednesday night. Uh, so I have some time to actually populate our That's live scoring p- grid. That's 8 p.m. Eastern time, right? Not, not Greenwich Mean Time. No, Greenwich Mean Time. So, so I, 3, p- 3, p.m., 3 p.m. Eastern? When I get home from work, settle in. You know, tuck into my desk here, get my laptop out. I want to be ready to rock because I'm, I'm, I'm getting, there are going to have to be a lot of formulas that right. go into the six cell. So that should be like 11 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, right? That'd be like six for you. All right. Stop, stop <laughs> trying to fight on behalf of our listeners. Okay? All right. All right. I'm just trying yeah, to. But, you know, sometime Wednesday night, just and, and, and by the way, if you've already submitted your entries and somehow you just got a really bad feeling about Egypt, just send us an email or a direct message and we can tweak your uh, tweaks up to that point as well. Yep, exactly. So, um, yeah, we hope uh, you play that game. We hope to see you in FIFA and we hope to play some starting 11. Brandon, let's get right into the groups. Group E. So, Josh, for this episode, you took Group E and Group G. So uh, give us the knowledge. Yeah. So uh, Group E, uh, we'll start off with Brazil. Their FIFA rank is number two. Uh, They are the Seleceo or the squad. And I did not actually know that the Seleceo was Portuguese for the squad. Did you know that? Uh, After that Germany game in the last World Cup, were they called the Suicide Squad? (laughs) Ah, nice, nice. Uh, No, honestly, that's a pretty cool nickname, this squad. That's very official. That sounds sounds pretty cool. Uh, Recent friendly results, uh, 3-0 over Austria with uh, Jesus, Neymar, Coutinho goals, 2-0 over Croatia, Neymar, Firmino goals, and 1-0 over Germany with a Jesus goal. Brandon, do you see a pattern here? There are a lot of great players (laughs) They're, they're beating yeah. good teams, and they're getting a ton of goals, all from the familiar names. Uh, this team is is super loaded. I, I almost feel bad for how loaded I called the France team, because once you look at the yeah. Brazilian team, you realize that that is what loaded looks like. That is kind of insane. Yeah, I the, I am picking Brazil to win the World Cup. They're my favorites right now. I I, I think they've probably learned a fair amount in 2014. You see a you know, they have some some new players that have come into the starting 11 fold, but uh, with the leadership and crazy skills of 
Neymar. I don't know if leadership is too fine a point to put on he Neymar. Is, is he well, leader? he is the captain now. Yeah. Um, the the defense is the is the concern here. Uh, Danny Alves is injured. Um, you know, Marcelo is great. Uh, and Allison actually is great too. He's the uh, the keeper for Roma that uh, Liverpool are looking at bringing in right now. So uh, that's probably going to be one of these protracted things that Liverpool will. It'll, it'll like finally get through in the you know late August or something like that. Now, do, um, do you know what the talk is there about uh, Allison versus Aderson? That Allison is probably going to be the starting the, uh, the almost, number one GK. Almost, almost certainly. Yeah, okay. that is that is the talk. It, it, in fact, Aderson might be like the third string keeper on that team. So really, um, they don't they don't fra- kind of they don't uh, look kindly on smiley face neck tattoos. It is amazing how when you look through all these teams, I, I didn't realize how deep my Premier League bias ran until you look at something. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, surely. Surely Ederson is better than Allison because I have seen Ederson play and he's good. In the midfield, um, midfield is a little uh, it's kind of a funny, funny midfield. You have, you have Fred, who's got a bad ankle, but still expected to play. A new um, Manchester United signing, Fred. It, yeah, exactly. So that that that's part of. It. I mean, there's a lot of interesting players. Just you know, just. Even if you're just a Premier League fan who wants to kind of see some players who are going to be who are going to be in your league next year, um, this is this is you know a team to look at. Um, Coutinho is classified as a midfielder in the FIFA game, which is um, a little different than we've actually seen with some of the other key players that we'll talk about later. Someone like Eden Hazard, for example, is classified as a forward, as is Raheem Sterling, or even uh, so, David Silva, who we talked about uh, with Spain right. in last week's pod, is classified yeah. as a forward. So exactly, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So. Um, uh, you know, Coutinho, uh, you know, he's finally put it all together, the, the, the you know, over the last year. But uh, there's some concern about whether he's actually a sure starter on this squad. I mean, this team really is loaded. If you look at their lineup, you know, all the way through. I mean, you have guys like Firmino uh, who can't even crack their their front three, right? The front three, the front three is typically going to be Jesus, uh, Neymar, and Coutinho. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you, you can see, you know, if Brazil win their first two games big, um, you can see them, you know, maybe resting one of those three stars and, and playing Firmino to start um, or something like that. I mean, I actually am a little concerned about, you know, from a family's perspective, I, I, I think you could really be in some trouble overexposing yourself with, with Brazil players um, yeah. because there's just so many talented options there. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're so there's gonna deep. Be, there's going to be goals there for sure. Um, but, you know, Coutinho, I think, is a little bit of a risk. Um, I mean, Neymar is probably pretty safe. Um, you know, I think that Neymar has got to be, you know, he's one of the golden brute, um, golden brute, uh, one of the, yeah, he's going to, he's going to be really brutish there in the world. <laughs> the golden brood. Our, our, <laughs> let's just say this, our mispronunciations for the world cup, uh, and we haven't been called out yet for mispronouncing anybody's name, but, um, somehow, uh, my mispronouncing dark horse as dork house, uh, has now inspired a couple of FPL team names out there, or World Cup uh, fantasy team names. Now, now all I can do is think about this uh, wave of new electronic dance music called Dork House that's going to come to the fore in in the coming year. That's Looking like Devo, that. right? Devo is like the pioneering Dork House band, right? <laughs> yeah, the, you're right. Gates, you're right. Gates of Steel is the uh, preeminent Dork House song. Yeah. Um, so this Brazil team, I mean, there's not too much to say because, uh, you know, anyone who's listening to this podcast knows, knows the starting lineup almost all the way through. I mean, it's kind of funny that, you know, Paulinho is as a Premier League fan, anyone who's listening to this Premier League fan who doesn't watch a lot of uh, La Liga, um, it's still hard to believe that Paulinho is now so good that he is a starter on the Brazilian national team. <laughs> yeah. It, it does mean, boggle he, the mind. Yeah. It'd be like if, uh, you know, uh, Musa Sissoko was suddenly like, 
you know, one of the 30 best players in the world or something. It's just, it's like hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, this is such a, not a fantasy thing, but the thing that really stands out for me in this Brazil lineup is Fernandinho, a uh, strong, uh, defensive midfielder like Fernandinho is who can also get forward. This is something, and also now kind of having the experience that he does. He's got 43 caps now with Brazil squad. Um, that is just such a utility at a, a tournament like the World Cup where you need to exercise a lot of defensive and defensive midfield discipline. So I, I, I do want to give him his due before we just all focus on all the goal scorers. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, I'm really. Yeah, I think he's he's really useful because I I do think that defense is going to be a problem. Um, you know, even even Marcelo is really. I mean, I mean, he's, you know, he's a great defender too, but he's he's really known for his you know his his you know attacking returns. So um, I don't know. Allison's going to need a big tournament, Brandon. Allison, hey, yeah, well, I know this World Cup is killing you, but. <laughs> Um, Excellent. Well played. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, let's move on to Switzerland. Their FIFA rank is six. Wait, what? Six? Uh, huh? That's crazy. And in true Swiss fashion, their nickname is the national team. Uh, kind, of, kind of like I Russia, it. actually. It's, yeah. Uh, so Switzerland's, uh, we didn't even talk about Brazil's World Cup record, but everyone knows how good that is. Uh, Switzerland's World Cup record is. Couldn't they be um, at least be like the chocolate watches or something like that? That would that would be better, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, they're just the national team. Uh, they so they have a couple of uh, quarterfinal appearances, but I think those were when there was there were actually only eight teams in the tournament because those come from 1934, 1938. So uh, they did qualify for the World Cup in the early 30s. Uh, made the quarterfinals again in '54, uh, and then you still know, they, some of those guys kicking around the. Uh... <laughs> Kicking around the training pitch, maybe? Switzerland's claim to fame, in my head, is uh, when they were the only team to beat Spain in the 2010 World Cup. That was when Spain, um, you know, basically uh, just steam. Well, it was, I don't know if they necessarily steamroll. I mean, it was, it was like kind of the height of tiki-taka, right? So it was like, they, it wasn't like they were yeah. winning like 5 nothing, but they were winning like, they couldn't be beat, really. You know, it was, yeah, like, it was, it was like a series of 1-0 wins. One of my favorite World Cup games of recent memory was Spain Germany, and uh, uh, I think Spain won on a Carlos Puel, Puel, yeah, Carlos Puel Puel uh, header, and it was just like a brilliantly contested game, one for the ages. Yeah, I mean that that final was legendary too. The two thousand, I think we're just talking about Spain now. In the, in the yeah, I love Spain. Yeah, oh, who yeah. doesn't love Spain? Uh, so Switzerland is uh, kind of an interesting team. They okay. So here's there are a couple of players on defense that are interesting. One is it's a strong and well organized defense. Uh, there's a new Arsenal signing. That's um, team captain Steven Licksteiner. Um, he's uh, 34 years old, but he's uh, you know great pedigree. He's been playing for U of A. He's kind of be brought in to be a mentor to Hector Bellerin. Um, and the player that I would be interested in from a fantasy perspective. In fact, he's on my. Uh, my FIFA starting 11 right now is Ricardo Rodriguez, who is a left back who is super attacking and actually has goals in the last two friendlies. Um, he also okay. is um, well, well, well known in, in, uh, in Switzerland for having a key clearance uh, in their playoff uh, match versus Northern Ireland. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, having a Swiss defender in your FIFA team would not be a bad move. Um, 
you know, so Rodriguez or, or Licksteiner, if you want the, um, you know, the consistent starts there. Even though they're in a group with, I guess just because they're in a group with Brazil um, doesn't mean yeah. much. I mean, well, you'll get to these teams, Serbia and Costa Rica. I guess you could hold, keep those yeah. guys out of the goal. It's like all, all these groups, there's, it's very rare that there's like anyone has like just three gimmies, you know. So usually two, yeah. two, two good teams and two bad teams or, okay. or two mediocre teams. Um, the uh, midfield, you've got uh, Granit Xhaka, who is, um, you know, a bit of a flop for Arsenal, I think, is kind of the general consensus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pretty frustrating player, um, just tons of discipline problems, not even really much of an enforcer. You know, it seems like he, he really just wants to score like 35 yard screamers. Uh, but he does have nine goals in 61 caps for the Swiss. It's kind of like John Obi Miguel, uh, who we talked about last week's podcast. Uh, Obi John McKell. Um, Obi John Mikel, whoever, however you say his name. We looked actually after the podcast was done. There's three different ways to pronounce his name, each one with a different word at the start of it. Um, but he is he, he plays a little more attacking for Switzerland. He's got nine goals and 61 caps. Uh, Shakiri, who was also a player who's classified as a midfielder in the uh, FIFA Fantasy game. Uh, 20 goals and 69 caps. Um, definitely the uh, team's main attacker and uh, um, the player you'd want um, if you were looking at any fantasy options in this this midfield or forward line. There's really nothing to see in the forward line. There's no one I'd recommend or even no one I even found that interesting. You know, like when I when I put these together, I'm like, well, sometimes even if it was like not, if not, not like a great fantasy asset, if they pique my interest, like I'll throw them in you know, okay. so we can talk about them. You know, yeah. like that Brazilian guy in the Russian national team. But in this, in this case, it's just there's just nothing to see there. Uh, so what, what do you think about Switzerland? Do you have any Swiss players in your team? Do you think they stand a shot? Are you are you excited about Switzerland? I mean, are you blown away by their FIFA ranking of six? I am blown away by their FIFA ranking. And um, I mean, I do remember Shakiri sort of shining at World Cup 2014, at least in the early stages but you know we're we're now four years removed from that tournament, and you don't get the sense that Shakiri has really evolved as a player. Stoke City is not the environment in which a player sort of goes to the next level. So he had a pretty um, good season, though. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to knock um, a lot of the great goals and uh, and offensive contribution that he had for Stoke during the season, but. Um, you come off of a sparkling World Cup, go to Bayern, and basically, I mean, that's a, I don't know, is, am I being too harsh in saying, like, that's a long way to fall to a, re- a relegated team in Stoke City? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think he was starting regularly when he was there, so I think that was part of the reason yeah. why he... All right, he was, suddenly I'm putting Shakiri on trial here. That's not the intention. Am I excited <laughs> about Switzerland? No, nah, not really. Yeah, I have to admit I'm not either. I, I, although I do like Shakiri. I mean, I just love any short guy with 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 some game. So yeah. uh, you oh. go on Shakiri. I mean, they have a pretty good chance of making out of this group too. So um, you know, maybe maybe we'll at least get like a nice Shakiri free kick out of it at some point. Uh, Serbia FIFA rank of 35, nickname the Eagles. This Serbian team is full of players that you may not have known were Serbian, Brandon. Um, okay. I, I have to admit, I, I was like, wow, I know like, I know like almost all the starting the lineup here, uh, recent friendlies, uh, five, one over, uh, Belarus with a Mitrovic hat trick and the man himself, Brandon Bronislan Ivanovic with a goal, uh, beat Nigeria to nil with the Mitrovic brace. Uh, and then they lost one, uh, two to Morocco with a Tadic goal. That is five goals in two games, Brandon for Mitrovic. What do you think about that? Fulham legend. I mean, 
I I absolutely love and adore Mitrovic in a way that I never did when he was in Newcastle. As many people know I'm a Fulham fan, and the, the Fulham team basically coalesced into a, a new love and appreciation for me with Serbia, given that uh, Djokovic, their manager, also Serbian, and just like a total bromance between him and Mitrovic. And I'm loving it. I'm backing this team 100%. And you're going to mention a lot of other great FPL players here that will also spark your interest. And I love Novak Djokovic. So I'm just, and I love, you know, I just like Serbia as well. I'm like, I'm very in on the Serbia team. Um, They have an interesting World Cup history. They've they've actually, um, when they were Yugoslavia, they um, uh, finished in fourth place in 1962. Um, and then they actually haven't qualified. Uh, they didn't qualify in 2014. They finished 23rd in 2010 and 32nd, Brandon. That's 32nd out of 32 in 2006. Um, that's the last that's place. Anybody, that's not good. Yeah, that was that, that. I guess U.S. finished 31 in that case. Then I thought we were. <laughs> I thought we were in last place at the 2006 World Cup. So. Uh, thank you, Serbia, for finishing one spot below us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fist bump, real solid. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, some key players, uh, the defenders, uh, they're the aging but attacking fullbacks you love, uh, Bronislav Ivanovic and Alexander Kolarov, uh, two players who um, you'd love to, like, take a penalty for you or, you know, be in the box, um, you know, during, like, a, a crucial corner kick. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard not to love those two players, right? I mean, they're not, like, at their peak anymore, but they're they're fun players. So, I mean, I feel like Karlov, uh, he's done very well since going to Roma. I don't think he's he's like totally past his prime, maybe in the way that Ivanovic is at this point. That's true, but he's still he's still on the wrong side of 30, I'm, I'm pretty sure, right? He's, yeah, join the club, Alexander. <laughs> so are we, Karlov. <laughs> he's, he's 32, he turns 33 later this year. So, I mean, for a fullback, that's, that's a little old. Yeah. You know. Regardless, I'm loving a, a weather-beaten, grizzled defense in Ru- in the <laughs> conditions in Russia. This sounds great. Uh, the midfield, uh, there's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun Premier League talent there as well. The man, the myth, the legend. I feel like I've said that a lot recently, but it's it's so true of so many of these players. Brandon, Luka yeah. Milivojevic, uh, what a great fun player he is! What a great season he had for Crystal Palace. Probably the most important reason they stayed up. I guess you could say Will Zaha was maybe a little more important, but yeah, yeah, right you there. can make the case for either. But it was a huge breakout season for him. He just kind of came out of nowhere for Palace about midway through the season. Yep. Uh, Dusan Tadic, uh, super frustrating player, as we all know, uh, but you know, uh, always, always an attacking threat. The the king of underlying stats, and then no real performance to back up those stats. Uh, you have uh, Nemanja Matic. This is the Serbian team is one of the all time like hard to pronounce, you know, teams. Yeah. Um, Nemanja Matic, who is a uh, you know fantastic player, kind of the anchor of this team. Um, not really a great fantasy option, you know. I mean, he's the classic like he, he's the classic like it's, it's a classic rookie move. Like your first year in the league to bring in a guy like Matic, you know, because you mm-hmm. know who he is and you've like seen him score a goal before. Uh, and he's like five million, so he's affordable. Uh, but just just like in in the fantasy game, the FPL game, you cannot bring in the amount of Matic. It's just uh, it's a fool's errand. Don't do it. Uh, and then uh, one of the midfield I want to mention was uh, Lazio's uh, Sergei uh, Milankovic Savic, who is a highly rated player. Uh, super, he's actually really cheap in the uh, McDonald's FIFA game, uh, but he only has three caps, and so he's he's a total punt player. But he's someone that uh, a lot of people feel very very highly about. So. 
Uh, and then forward line, you've got uh, Alexander Mitrovic, uh, who has uh, 13 goals in 31 caps. Um, so pretty decent return, right, for 31 caps. I mean, I guess five of those have come in the last three games. Um, which is so, great. He's in good form. Which is great. He's in good form. Uh, I mean, he just got promoted to Fulham, so you have to think his confidence is pretty high right now. Um, I kind of like Mitrovic as a, as a cheap third form. I mean, there's so many great forward options in the fantasy game, but he's 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 not bad for a punt. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. I definitely dig it. All right, final team in this group is uh, Costa Rica, uh, FIFA rank of 25. Uh, they are Los Ticos, which is a term for a native Costa Rican. Did not know that either, Brandon. You're learning something every day on the Always Cheating Podcast. Costa Rica, uh, a lot of people, including me, were um, really pulling for them uh, four years ago. They wrote a team of no names, really, outside of Joel Campbell, who like couldn't even crack Arsenal's squad, uh, to uh, the quarterfinals of the 2014 World Cup. I have and, a lasting uh, memory of Joel Campbell in that World Cup, basically just running and running and running. He he did not stop running. So many games they were trying to you know just eke it out for the last 15 minutes just him running the ball into the corner or chasing long balls and he's got this great like he's got like a very open face he just seems very happy it's easy easy Mm -hmm. to get a root for he's like a great Um, sandwich yeah (laughs) he's like an open face sandwich uh recent friendlies kind of a mixed bag they lost to england they beat they beat northern ireland they lost to tunisia uh, key players, uh, the defenders, I mean, uh, listen, Brandon, I, I have a couple of CONCACAF teams uh, that I'm talking about today. Okay. CONCACAF sucks right now. It is like, <laughs> yeah. outside Take it of maybe, from us, outside of possibly Mexico, don't, don't load up on CONCACAF players. Stay away from Panama, stay away from Costa Rica. Uh, it will only end in tears, right? Yeah. It's just not, yep. it's not, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, d- the defenders, there's, there's really no, no one who stands out there. Uh, midfielders, you've got, uh, Brian Ruiz, you know, the, uh, another ex-Fulham player, the yeah. snake, uh, he had a key player for sporting Lisbon. Um, it's got a lot of middle performances for Costa Rica, uh, as anyone who remembers from the 2014 world cup knows, uh, forwards, uh, Joe Campbell, 75 caps at 25 years old. Seems like a lot of caps. Yeah, he man. feels like a veteran at this point, right? <laughs> 75 caps. I guess and it's because the club, the, it's because the club never says he can't go. Every yeah, club like, that he plays nah, for is like fine. Good. It's fine. He's hey, like, boss, do I have any meetings? You need, you need me for anything? No, you're good. No, go home. Go home. Uh, so he's got 15 goals. Uh, and then you got uh, Marco Urena, which uh, just fun because it's an LAFC, which is a an expansion franchise in MLS. Uh, LAFC forward, and he has 15 goals in 62 caps. But I have to tell you, Brandon, I will not be having any. Costa Rican players in my squad, uh, despite the fact that um, they, I think they're good as a team. Like they're, they, they could surprise people again this year. I'm sure. Like the team hasn't changed that much, but um, I just don't, I just don't see it. Yeah, um, my knowledge of watching Costa Rica play is that they, they are one of the less rough and tumble teams in Concacaf. They they play a little bit more of an organized continental version such as it is so yeah but i mean how far does that get you when you're not that great it was good enough to humiliate the u.s men's national team twice so uh, they're not that bad i guess (laughs) but (laughs) that's true (laughs) so who do we who do you see coming out of this group i've got uh i mean you know what i i guess i'm gonna go with brazil and switzerland i want to pick serbia but i think i think i just trust the swiss a little more to to 
to, you know, I, I could see the Swiss getting one win, one loss and one draw and getting through on, you know, total goal difference. I just see a five foot two Shakiri coming up against um, the these Serbian defenders and him just, you know, either he goes through their legs or he has to turn around and run back toward his own goal. It's not going to happen. Serbia is going to finish second in this group behind Brazil, who is going to beat every one of these teams by at least three goals. <laughs> uh, that does seem likely, although I, I think they will concede some goals, too. I don't, I don't think um, if you're if you're building your, your FIFA squad or doing daily fantasy, I wouldn't be scared of having attackers go up against this Brazil team. I do think they're going to concede goals. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. But right, yeah, right, Costa Rica is almost a lock to finish at the bottom of the group, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, all right, let's take a break and uh, we'll get back to Group F. Same old podcast, always cheating. Uh, we're back, Josh, and I'm going to talk to you about Group F. And um, it's kind of a weird group, I think. Germany is the first team we're going to talk about. They are heavily favored. They are returning champions. But um, I think they are definitely by far, Group F is definitely by far the weakest uh, group for team nicknames. Mm. So we're giving the nickname for every team as we go through the groups. And um, Germany, perhaps the best, because I just like the German pronunciation of National 11 as National Elf. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's nice. There they are. So Germany basically steamrolled everyone in qualification, and uh, they uh, their their last loss of note was to France in the Euro semifinals. So I guess you could talk about Spain um, having kind of a a really bad time in 2014 as a World Cup hangover. Germany maybe losing to France there in the Euros that can count as their World Cup hangover. I I'm thinking they they will be back with a vengeance here this world cup i'm going out on a limb there josh wow so you just um, think everyone's back every, everyone's back you've got you've got everyone winning this world cup brandon yeah i've got brazil winning germany winning <laughs> um germany Sorry, also won the uh the confed cup the confederations cup last summer beating chile in the final um, but many of the players, uh, Mustafi and the like, who won that Confederations Cup, you will not see in the World Cup for Germany here in, in Russia. So their first match is against Mexico on Sunday the 17th. And the first player I'm going to point out is, I think, a, who will be a popular um, sort of like pseudo quasi budget premium striker. Timo Werner, who plays for Red Bull Leipzig. He scored 21 goals for um, RBL last season. Great goal tally. And he uh, also scored recently in their friendly against Saudi Arabia. So um, heading into the World Cup, Timo is likely to get a start. I watched one of those uh, YouTube sizzle reels of Timo in this, uh, you You know, every touchy. Yeah, I love a sizzle reel. So every touch he had against Saudi Arabia, he looked great. Um, his teammates looked ready to um, put him in on goal, and uh, I, I think he'll be a, a, a good option for many teams. The other striker, of course, to mention is Thomas Mueller, who is now a legend for having scored five goals in back-to-back World Cups. Um, I, I can't see Mueller getting the opportunity to score five more goals this World Cup, but I, I, I really don't know. I think Timo is really the way to go for strikers yeah. in Germany. Although Mueller is classified as a midfielder, interestingly enough, in oh, the is FIFA he? game. Yeah, oh, okay. so 
So interest, maybe an interesting uh, option there. I know a lot of people. It's you know really the the turnaround from the rollout of the FIFA game to the actual like launch of the tournament is so fast that there's there's really no chance for like a template to form. Um, but it's almost like people are just like spotting like oh I see like I see like a little dip like a little like a a little edge here I see a little edge there. Um, yeah, and, right. Uh, I feel, yeah, he's definitely stood out as as one of those players. Uh, speaking of edges, Josh in the defense for Germany, Joshua Kimmich, he's. Um, one of the younger defenders looks uh, locked in for a start. Twenty-three-year-old right-back, right-back playing for Bayern Munich, and he is billed as the uh, the new Philip Lahm. And he also scored seven goals for Bayern uh, in the last season. So he's one of those um, backs who's going to get forward, put in assists, and and score goals for you in the midfield. Tony Cruz, he's of course the star, but uh, he is just not a goal-scoring threat. So I think you might agree with me here that Mesut Ozil would be the one to favor. Um, perhaps not as sexy and glamorous because Cruz plays for uh, Champions League winning Real Madrid, but Mesut Ozil uh, is probably more likely to get attacking returns if I'm betting. And, yeah, uh, he's, yeah. It's the weird thing about Ozil. There's if you're about any of this controversy with with Ozil and Gundogan, where they're they both have have. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the situation well enough to to really like to even talk about it that much. But they both expressed some interest for for the Turkish president, and um, it's gotten them in a lot of trouble because there's some claims of human rights violations and things like that. So, like at a recent friendly, um, they were like booed throughout the friendly, um, Ozil and, and Gundogan. So it's okay. a, it's, a, it's a very weird situation. Um, I don't really know. Uh, you know, like if that's going to have like a big effect or not, but I know that that's like a bit of an issue right now. So, um, yeah. Well, it wouldn't necessarily have an effect on whether, um, whether, uh, Yergi Lowe decides to start them in case, you know, for fear they might get booed by a bunch of weird Russian fans. Yeah, I guess that's true. It just, if it's in their head a little bit or something, you know, if it's the the controversy, I don't know. It's it's still like, it, it hurts the, like the Zen feeling in the clubhouse, right? If there's like some weird situation with Gundogan and, and Ozil. I mean, I, I don't know if it, it just, it's more like it hurts the team in general more than it yeah. hurts them as like attacking no, assets. But also, Mesut Ozil, like, give me a break. There's no way that guy's making my, any squad. <laughs> Daily Would you fantasy, take a- <laughs> FIFA, no way. What about Gundogan? Speaking of Gundogan, any interest in Gundogan from Germany? I mean, he's he's more the um, Is he he's more start every game though. I mean, who? It's it's really impossible to say with this German team. I think that's why I keep coming back to Timo Werner, who is probably the most locked in goal scoring fantasy point getting guy on this team. Yeah, Gundogan is seven point five million in the FIFA game, which I just think is too high for a player who I don't know we'll start you know more than maybe one one match or two i mean it's not like i don't think he's a great player but i i just you know i i just worry about all, all these guys really i mean like you said i mean outside of maybe tony cruz um yeah so, yeah and uh yeah i i think germany defense is a pretty good asset here we'll talk about mexican sweet sweden and south korea or other other teams in this group i mean i can see it being very difficult for any of those teams to score on germany i know you were just saying no no team really has an easy road but it's kind of a soft group for germany yeah yeah we're seeing i feel like we're seeing a lot of soft groups this year is is it just always true at the world cup and we've just never done a world cup preview pod so we haven't 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. seat, just, we haven't been able to poke the soft belly of the world. Cup. Right, right. Um, okay, uh, and I guess it bears mentioning that Germany is ranked number one in FIFA rankings. Moving on to Mexico, ranked number 15, it's El Tri, another CONCACAF team. Um, in 2014, Mexico became legendary um, for their insane manager, Miguel Herrera, <laughs> who basically yes. just ran around like a crazy person in a suit, getting drenched in the pouring rain as as Mexico yep. sort of tore through their group. Just Google uh, Miguel Herrera Super Saiyan and, <laughs> and look at the gifts that come up. It is yeah. just truly – he goes full on Vegeta. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Mexico is the U.S.'s uh, biggest rival by far here in the Western Hemisphere around the world. And uh, even my heart broke for Mexico when they lost in the round of 16 on that really dodgy uh, Aaron Robin penalty call in the 94th minute. And, yeah, it was just a tough it was a, it was just a fun it was actually a pretty fun, easy team to root for. Right. Because they like they squeaked into the World Cup on the basis of the, the U.S. actually got them into the World Cup. Yep, uh, yep. I remember the commentary from the uh, Mexican commentators when uh, the U.S. put like one goal enough to, to change the goal difference to allow Mexico to qualify. The commentators are screaming, thank you, U.S. We do not yeah. deserve this. It's a much simpler time before Donald Trump came along and uh, <laughs> destroyed know, our team, destroyed our relationship with Mexico. Um, so, OK, um, um, yeah. Back to the back to football. Um, significant friendly results for Mexico recently. They crushed Iceland back in March. And uh, last week they played Wales to a nil nil draw and beat Scotland one zero. So um, spanked by Denmark on Saturday, two uh, nil, though, and. If you had to guess uh, who scored for Denmark in that game? I'm going to guess Christian Eriksen, Brennan. Yeah, exactly right. All right, so players to watch. Um, up front, it's Javier Hernandez and uh, Peralta, Mexico's two most experienced strikers. Both of them had pretty poor club seasons. I don't know if uh, – were you, were you impressed by Chicharito's season at West Ham, Josh? No, I was not impressed. Yeah, definitely not. I think he's he's still going to be the talismanic figure for them. And I mean, bad season, good season. Hernandez will still poach a few goals. You can count on that. Um, And uh, I was just like scrolling through all the starting lineups and rotations for Mexico in the last couple of months. And it does look like Hernandez and Peralta are going to be sharing duties up top. But um, there is this younger guy, Irving Lozano. He plays for PSV Eindhoven and they are the, of course, the reigning Eredivisie winning champions. And Lozano, he scored 17 goals for them. He plays off on the wing and he already has seven goals and 27 caps for Mexico. He is perhaps more of a punt on the Mexico attack. And you mentioned LAFC earlier. The MLS looms large here on the Mexico team. Uh, two Dos Santos, Giovanni and Jonathan Dos Santos. They both play for LA, LA Galaxy. But I have seen um, a couple of... Um, I haven't watched entire games of LAFC, but I've watched a half here or highlights there. And Carlos Vea, who plays for LAFC, has kind of taken MLS by storm. He's already scored seven goals in just 12 appearances for... Former Arsenal player. And, um, of course, everyone's fan favorite from 2014, Ochoa, in goal for Mexico. He made that brilliant save against uh, Neymar. And 
Looks like he'll again be the starting goalkeeper for Mexico. I'm holding to my rule, Brandon. Is it, I, This Mexico team is actually pretty good. They're a lot better than they were four years ago or even like six years. This is probably about as good as they've been for, for quite a while, um, maybe going back like 10 years. Uh, but I still, I just, I, CONCACAF to me is so weak, you know, that I just, I just don't, I, I just don't know if I, I believe, believe in them, you know, I mean, losing to Mexico or losing to Denmark uh, over the weekend too, um, you know, two nil gives me pause. I, I just, I don't see it for this Mexico team. Uh, Sweden, Sweden, they're the blagot, the blue and yellow. Uh, that's the colors that uh, are on their flag. So you could have guessed that. FIFA rank 23, best World Cup result in history. They were runners up back in 1958. Cast your mind hmm. back, Josh. Post war era World Cup. And uh, my lasting memory of Sweden is in World Cup 1994. They had the Adidas equipment kit. I don't know if you remember this distinction bet- that Adidas made between just regular Adidas and Adidas equipment. They're the three broad stripes on the shoulder. And I think they had to sort of discontinue the equipment brand because, you know, nobody in their right mind wanted any generic Adidas stuff. It was equipment or nothing. Hmm. Um, But that's Sweden team. This is all good kid history, which I didn't didn't know any of this, Brandon. This is – I'm actually writing this down with a notepad and a pen just so I can – just so I can read check, more about it later. Check, check worldsoccershop.com, see if they have any old <laughs> Adidas equipment stuff. But uh, also in 1994, they, um, they were killed by Risto Stoichkov's Bulgaria team, 4-0, in the third-place match. So that was... That was in, what, 94? Yeah, 1994. Um, oh, okay. So, okay, a, a pop quiz for you. Mm-hmm. Guess how many goals Zlatan has scored for Sweden in uh, the World Cup? In in the finals, not the qualifiers. Uh, I don't know. Two? Zero. Zero? Really? Wow, that's shocking. Wow, that is shocking. One. That is shocking. So the question for the Sweden team is, uh, where are the goals going to come from? And uh, I've got two guys for your list. Uh, first is Emil Forsberg. He's a midfielder for RB Leipzig. That's a, the second Red Bull mention we've had in this pod. And... Uh, Remember how Pascal Gross created 95 chances in the 2016-17 season Famously, in the Bundesliga? Yes, Famous. Did, yes. Everyone wanted to talk about this leading up to the FPL <laughs> season last year. Um, so that's that's uh, more chances created um, than, than anyone. Forsberg in that same season led all five uh, top European leagues with the most actual assists, and that was 19 assists there. So Emil Forsberg, he is a great assist man. And uh, many of the goals will probably come through him if not scored by him. But there's a big striker of note is Marcus Berg, and he's scored eight goals during uh, Sweden's World Cup qualifying campaign. Um, but it, the weird thing about Marcus Berg is that he plays in the United Arab Emirates. So this is not a league that is, you know, say in that discussion we were just having about top five European leagues where you're setting records. Uh, yeah, and just uh, quickly on defense, Victor Lindelof, what more do you need to know? The superstar, the the standout transfer for Manchester United this past season. I have to give <laughs> I have to give good credit, though, on the Always Cheating Slack channel, which you can be a part of as a Patreon subscriber. Andy Goodland provided us with a great link at fantasybet.com. This just doesn't hold for Sweden, but all World Cup 
And uh, I'll put the link also in the show notes. And we should tweet this out, Josh. Fantasy Bet has a list of all the set-piece takers on World Cup 2018 squads. And um, Andy pointed out a defender, Andres Grankvist. He's uh, priced at $5 million in the FIFA McDonald's game. He shares penalty duties with Forsberg. So there is a pretty good chance that Grankvist might actually be taking a penalty. Uh, from your defensive line for your fantasy squad. So um, that's a good tip. Incredible knowledge we're packed into this podcast. Last group, South Korea, the Reds, another hyper unique nickname here in uh, group F, FIFA (laughs) rank of 61. So they shared hosting duties with Japan in 2002 and made it to the third place match, losing to Turkey 2-3. Pretty good result there for South Korea. Uh, and uh, last World Cup, they finished bottom of Belgium's group. Worrying friendly results recently for South Korea. They lost to Senegal today, 2-0, and they could not score against Bolivia. I don't know if you saw this result that the U.S. men's national team absolutely stomped Bolivia recently with just a bunch of no-name teenagers. Uh, So if um, South Korea can't put Bolivia to the sword, I have some some concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a concern. 61. But, the 61 FIFA rank is a concern too. That yeah, is a, I, I guess that tells you really tells you <laughs> all you need to know. But 61 FIFA rank doesn't mean anything to Hungman's son, uh, an FPL hero to all of us. For South Korea, son has 65 caps and 21 goals. And he was uh, kind of an FPL loser for me the final third of the season. Yeah. I picked up I picked him up in like the second he started sucking. I don't think I got like a single goal or assist out of him. Yeah. Son, son is definitely an FPL asset. You have to get FPL, at the exact those, right time. Those FPL wounds are still there, Brandon. It's like I can't believe it. It's like it's like I had like a you know like a little like a little scar, and I just started picking at it. I was, I was like, nope, nope, it's still it's still there. That's disgusting. Gap still there. <laughs> All right, and Son was actually scoring goals back in 2014. He scored against Algeria in the World Cup back then of course uh, despite what you're saying josh he's he's very much in good form scored 18 goals for spurs this past season across all competitions um some concern though for south korea that all the pressure is going to fall on hanming sun two of south korea's other big attackers lee kun ho and kwan chang hoon have both both recently had to pull out of the squad due to injury and in addition, um, Crystal Palace's midfielder, Chung Yong Lee, uh, the occasional um, cameo maestro, Chung Yong Lee for Crystal Palace, um, had to also drop out because of a hip injury. I, I, I remember be- before we started recording the podcast, you were like, there was one team that I didn't need to do any research for. I just knew all this information. And when you told me it was South Korea, I was just blown away. I mean, I can't, the, the fact that you have this kind of knowledge just in your brain without doing any research is amazing to me. Like, where does it come from, Brent? It's just like, uh, I would like to think, uh, Ben Dinnery's website, um, uh, Korea league injuries today. <laughs> Injuries.com. That's yeah. yeah. So yeah, South Korea, uh, they're going to be the bottom of the heap for, for group F, group F. Um, I mean, uh, your prediction, Germany, do you think Germany is going to go undefeated here? And it sounds like you're ranking Mexico pretty high in this group. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, you're right. I don't really like this group at all, actually. This, these seem like some of the least interesting. I mean, yeah. God, yeah Nicknames alone, right? Josh. National 11, El Tri. That's the three. Yeah, yeah. The blue and yellow. The I Reds. I thought it was El Tri. I just... I, 
my man, my like command of other languages, Brandon, is so poor. I really, <laughs> it's not El Tree, it's El Try. I believe it's El Try. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, but people say it, say it different ways, uh, you know, everywhere you go around the world. I'm from the Midwest. We probably say things differently there. In Michigan, we say El Tree, okay? You're, you're not, you're, you are from Michigan, but a different part of the state. They, they'd probably say El Tree there. Yeah, we we have the newscaster affect in in the middle heart of Michigan. We have no accent, <laughs> except when I say words like calendar. <laughs> All right, anything else about Group uh, F that we need to know? We've said too much already, Josh. Take us into Group G. Okay. All right, Group G. Uh, many of our listeners will know uh, the first club here. Perhaps you've heard of them. They're they're England, the England national team. Uh, FIFA rank 13, nickname The Three Lions. Uh, I've always loved that nickname. It's great. Yeah. Nickname. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. And I love a team that puts their nickname right on their badge. They've got kind of one, two, three lions right there on the badge. That's, that's true. That's true. Uh, England, of course, have won the 66 World Cup. Uh, they've also made the quarterfinals in 86, quarterfinals in uh, 2002 and 2006 as well. Uh, finished in fourth place in 1990. Um, very disappointing uh, 2014. Uh, it finished at uh, 26 out of 32. That's famously when Roy Hodgson um, had uh, possibly the, the greatest, the, the world's greatest goal scorer on corners, Harry Kane, uh, taking corner kicks. Um, and uh, I mean, I actually like Hodgson, uh, but that was just that that decision in and of itself was so insane that it kind of ruined his whole tenure, didn't it? <laughs> that, that, I guess, it, flaming out. It boggles the mind. It does boggle it. the mind. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, he's done so he, well. With he took Palace, some really though. terrible corners too. It's not like he was just putting in the the biggest peaches no, of corner kicks you've ever seen. I don't understand these. It's like it's like it's part of their, these guys. Kind of, I mean, for the while, Theo Walcott was taking corners for Arsenal, and that was like even more insane. Like Theo Walcott was taking free kicks for all time. You're like, this guy can't. He, that's not that's not his game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, recent friendlies. Uh, they've actually they played pretty well, but I believe they were. Did they win every match in, in qualifying? I don't think they lost at least. Um, recent friendlies: two uh, zero over Costa Rica with the Rashford Welbeck goals. Two uh, one over Nigeria, Cahill and Kane goals. One uh, one with Italy. That was the game where there was a late uh, VAR decision. Um, Vardy scored in that one, and then one uh, 0 over the Netherlands, where Lingard picked up a goal. Um, key players, uh, the defenders, it's, uh, you know, we're looking at a back three, uh, most likely, which is a back three of Kyle Walker, John Stones and Harry Maguire. Uh, Kyle Walker is, um, really a class player and kind of doesn't get talked about in fantasy a lot. I think it's kind of the curse of being the really expensive defender. Yeah. You know, I think the, the, the highest price defender is an FPL unless, unless they're, I mean, he doesn't score enough goals. Is the problem. He, you know, he's, he's. He's priced fairly considering he plays like every match practically and uh, and picks up some assists and bonus points. But, you know, you really need to have that flashy Marcus Alonso, you know, goal scoring element to your game. Yeah, totally agreed in, in FPL. Yeah. Um, so uh, midfielders, um, midfield is a little unsettled. I mean, there are some players in there that that, that where it is settled, but you just wouldn't really want to have in your squad guys like Jordan Henderson. Uh, Deli Alley and Anders Lingard, Anders Lingard, uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, are uh, the two midfielders to watch here. Uh, and then uh, Raheem Sterling is classified as a forward in the FIFA game. Uh, and then Harry Kane is there as well. So, uh, you know, I don't need to go too much into the England team because we all know it very well, um, or most of us do anyway. It's like 99% of the people listening to this podcast know that know it very well. Um, 
anyone stand out to you in the singlet squad? I mean, is there anyone you're thinking about bringing in or anybody you, I mean, are you rooting for the singlet team? Like, do you want, are they, are they like the team you're rooting for the most? Would you say? That's probably one of the biggest questions I have heading into this world cup is do I care about the England national team? And I don't frankly don't have an answer to that question. I don't think I'll know. I mean, I've watched plenty of um, England national games and, and I've watched plenty of them plenty of their games in the World Cup in the past. And, I mean, never have I rooted against, uh, have I rooted for England so much as when Rob Green was letting in a terrible goal by by Clint <laughs> Dempsey. I was like, yeah, go yeah. England. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I won't know until they actually pop up on the screen, and, uh, and I'll have to trust my heart in that <laughs> moment. I, I like this team, too. I mean, there is something to be said for just knowing the names of every player on a team. Like... Like, these are all players that I've had on my squad at one time or another. I bet, I bet like, literally every single player on the England squad I have had on my fantasy team at one time or another. And that includes Jordan Henderson. Um, you know, and so that that is kind of fun in a way. Like, I just know, I know what they look like. That may sound like an ugly American thing, like this you know, this idea of, like, oh, I'm not going to, like, you know, some people um, are like, oh, like, you're not going to follow the World Cup just because the U.S. isn't in it? Like... Why do they have to look like you for you to care? But it, it just is like it's kind of fun to know who these people are a little bit. Right. I mean, it's like I know, like, I guess everyone on the Spain team as well. But um, I don't know. It's just like it doesn't um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, feel, I do feel a little closer to this England team. So it's I, what I hate is the English press. I mean, I just can't stand the way the English press covers the English the national team. It's like, you know, no win is ever good enough. I mean, they could they could win like six nil over like Germany in the quarterfinals, and they would still find something to nitpick about sure. it. You know, it's just it's so relentlessly negative, and so just so I can't stand reading about the English national team. <laughs> so I, I feel like that has kind of hampered me in becoming a, a, a bigger fan. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the rest of the teams in this group. Then we can rate England's chances and 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 topping getting out of it at, at sure. the very least. Uh, Belgium, FIFA rank three, nickname, one of the best nicknames, the Red Devils. Um, I guess they stole it from Man United, so maybe it's not that good of a nickname. <laughs> maybe Man United stole it from them. I don't know. Uh, World Cup record. Um, they finished in the uh, quarterfinals in, in 2014. Um, that was uh, they beat the U.S. in the round of 16. It was uh, a match that the U.S. probably actually should have won if uh, – if Lana Donovan had been in the squad instead of Chris Wondolowski, okay. uh, moving on. Uh, they did finish. They did finish in uh, in fourth in the, the semifinals of the '86 World Cup. Uh, it's a solid team that um, we've kind of. Th- this is their moment, right? Like four years ago, yeah. they had basically the same team, but they just weren't ready. Um, so you know, can they can they take the next step this year? Um, they've been you know great in qualifying, uh, really dominant in friendlies. Lukaku's picked up a ton of goals. Um, defenders, it's a, it's a three at the back wing back formation. Um, the only winger you might've wanted in your fantasy squad is uh, Yannick Carrasco, but he's actually classified as a midfielder in the FIFA game. Uh, company is, uh, most likely injured again. <laughs> um, but you do have that. Uh, oh, I Vertonghen, find that so funny, uh, but, uh, I know it's sad. Uh, the, uh, Vertonghen, uh, Toby Alderweireld combination though is obviously very solid. They played a ton of games together. Uh, in midfield, you've got KDB, uh, 13 goals and 57 caps. You've got Axel Witzel, who I kind of remember as being, he's one of those players who was just rumored to come to the Premier League for years and years, kind of like Julian Drexler, or just like rumored for sure. years and years to join. And then, uh, and then he ended up moving to China. Uh, did not have a great appearance for China. Um, two goals and 18 appearances in the Chinese League. Uh, he's got nine goals and 85 caps. 
Uh, and then uh, Eden Hazard is another one of those midfielders in the Premier League uh, fantasy game. He's classified as a, a forward in the uh, FIFA game. Uh, he's got 21 goals and 82 caps. The fact that he's classified as a forward to me makes him not a valuable asset mm-hmm. um, from a fantasy perspective. He's just Hazard is not necessarily a he's not going to be scoring. The, he's not to be the he's not necessarily going to be one, the one scoring the goals. And I'm not even sure if it's going to be on free kicks because I think KDB is going to be taking most of those. Yeah. So I just don't see the points from from him there. Um, although I'm sure he'll get um, some assists. Uh, you got Romelu Lukaku who's got 30 goals and 64 caps. Um, and then um, Napoli's uh, Drew Smartens, um, excellent player, but not a reliable pick to start. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, the thing about this team is there's not too much to say because you actually, we kind of know all their highly rated players or their top players tend to play in the uh, Premier yeah. League. So, um, you know, Hazard, you know, KDB, I guess, the one to look at, but he's, he's really expensive in the FIFA game. Um, that That's the only thing that throws me off there a little bit. Um is there anyone that like? What do you think about this Belgium team? I think Lukaku is the one that stands out to me. Um, he's been scoring goals for Belgium. Uh, he, I remember him just absolutely steamrolling the U.S. in 2014 in extra time. There was a bit of a rope a dope situation when he came on at uh, the end of the match and just scored two goals in quick succession. But. Um, I think just the cagey nature of World Cup matches, it's not going to be, it's not just going to be the Eden Hazard show. I think Lukaku is going to score some sort of meat and potato style goals, and, and that's why I'm looking toward him for the big attacking asset. Do you think Belgium can win the World Cup? Uh, I I don't think I do, to be honest. I think they have a great squad. I mean, look at all these players. But they have, you know, they didn't even really come all that close in the Euros either. And, you know, everything can change in in a couple of years' time. And and certainly it does take a little bit of magic. But I, I just look at this team full of great players, and I've yet to see any sort of... Any any sort of uh, I just haven't seen it all come together. Yeah, it's weird too because I was just thinking about you know with, with KDB and Hazard and Lukaku, you have three players who are who would be the best player on like twenty four of these teams, mm-hmm. you know, and all three of them would be any one of those three, um, and all together you would think it would be just this totally lethal combination. The way it is with Brazil um, or. Um, or, you know, I guess any, any sort of like the German and Spanish combinations, but it just, it doesn't feel, or, or France for that matter. Um, but yeah, and they're, and they're number three in FIFA, right? It's not like they're like disappointing, you know, yeah. but it's just some, like, it just doesn't feel right to me. And maybe it's because Roberto Martinez is coaching them. I don't know, but it just, yeah, I just don't feel I mean, like... it's just, it's could be something as cliche of, uh, as that big stage sort of a thing. I mean, you could put this on the England squad as well, but um, how will they perform? How will they perform at the big stage? You can look at their friendly results and all of this, but they have not gone to it. This, this set of players has not gone to a tournament and said, we have that kind of potential. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So we'll believe it when we see it. Uh, prove us all wrong, Belgium. I mean, they're they're a fun team to root for. No like, doubt about you know, it. I will be a, rooting for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. KDB alone. I mean, he's just such a such a great player. Uh, Tunisia, FIFA rank fourteen, which is 
little higher than I was expecting. Uh, they are the Eagles of Carthage. Uh, that's an excellent team name. This is maybe the best three lions, red devils, Eagles of Carthage, and, um, the canal men are the mascots <laughs> the, for the, the four the teams in this man. group. We have the cow men and, uh, last episode and now the <laughs> canal men. That's excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Nicknames all around. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Tunisian team, um, listen, I'm not going to pretend that I know this team through and through, um, recent friendlies, they lost uh, one nil to Spain. Uh, they drew with Turkey and they drew with Portugal. It was 2-2 both times. Um, they're defensive and physical. Uh, in the midfield, they're missing their best attacker, Yusef, uh, I think it's Musanaki, um, uh, Musnakni. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, uh, Anika Badri only has six caps, but he has scored twice in their last three friendlies. Uh, and he's classified as a 5.5 million midfielder. So uh, possibly he's worth a punt. He has seven goals and 10 assists and, 27 appearances for his club this year. Brent, I just knew that one off the top of my head. Great knowledge, Josh. Um, and, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, forwards, um, uh, Wabi Kazri, who you may remember from, from his time at Sunderland. Um, he is their best attacking player. He's got 12 goals and 35 caps. I like his name better than um, I like and, the player. Great name. Yeah. Uh, then he had 11 goals and four assists and 34 appearances on loan at Stad Ren uh, this year in uh, Ligue 1. So, um yeah, I don't know that much about Tunisia, and I don't see them as a threat in this group. So, but we wish them the best uh, of luck. We wish them the best. Exactly. That's that's my ignorance. That's not on Tunisia. That's on me. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the Canal Men, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> Panama, FIFA rank 55. Uh, it is their debut in the World Cup. I mean, there is a lot of stuff to love about this Panama team, all right? Let's just let's just start with this. Their best two players are a 37-year-old forward and a 36-year-old forward. Both of that bo- both of whom have scored 43 goals each in more than 100 caps. Yeah. Uh that is an, that is a wonderfully ancient <laughs> forward line. <laughs> it's very that is a, yeah, that is very ancient. Yeah, it's Blas Perez and uh, Luis Tejeda. Uh, they're both priced at $5 million, uh, so they could be interesting uh, third forward punts. Just that alone, man, I, I think I want to root for a team that's got 36- and 37-year-old strikers. That's just that's just fun, yeah, There's I mean, a little that's, bit of— That's four years older than Colorado. This is another CONCACAF team, and Panama's just one I, of those teams that just kicks the crap out of you when you go play them. I mean— that's certainly the way the game is played in certain corners of the world, and the U.S. needs to get used to it. But never been a huge fan. Yeah, and they lost six uh, 0 to Switzerland in a recent friendly. Lost to Norway in a recent friendly. Uh, did draw with Northern Ireland. Um, there's yeah, there's not a lot to recommend here either. It's uh, you know, Jamie Pena, uh, Penedio, excuse me. Uh, is a solid goalkeeper. He's got 130 caps. He plays for Dinamo Bucharest. Um, Roman Torres um, scored the goal that secured qualification for the team. He's the uh, captain of the team. Uh, you can get him for a cheap, cheap price, Brandon, of $5 million in the FIFA game. Um, and he's got 10 goals in 110 caps. Wow. I would like him at 4.5. I don't like him at $5 million. <laughs> I felt like you were trying to sell me a car there for a moment. <laughs> so, so to me, this, this group just feels like it's, it's England and Belgium all the way, right? And the, and the most interesting game will be England v. Looking Belgium. forward to that game. I mean, that just, just as Premier League fans that we are, it's going to be watched like watching a weird, bizarre all-star Premier League game. Uh, Brent, let's take one last break, and then we'll get to our final group, Group H. Same old podcast, always cheating. 
All right, Josh, the last group in our World Cup two-part preview is Group H, and we saved the worst for last. This is uh, an exciting group, as I note here, for nicknames. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's exciting because it's it's totally unclear who's going to yeah. win the group, right? That's exciting. It, yeah, it, it is truly kind of an unpredictable group, and... Um, I don't know some fun, a lot of fun players to root for. I'll say that. So starting with yeah. starting with yeah. Poland uh, and their nickname, the Polish uh, pronunciation, I believe, is Bialoservoni, which is the white and reds. So you know we're back to the color theme. Not as exciting. We'll get to the better ones in a moment. Poland currently ranked number ten, and and I would say that's strictly on the back of Robert Lewandowski, who has scored an absolutely insane number of goals. Um, for Poland over the last year. You just go look at Poland's match results, you know, uh, from friendlies all the way back to the Euros in 2016. Anytime Poland scores, Lewandowski scores. Uh, I I am very tempted to go for Lewandowski. I think he's 9 or 9.5 in the McDonald's game. So um, not that yeah, bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of in that, that Timo Werner um uh, price price bracket. So uh, just a quick history on Poland's World Cup record. They failed to qualify in 2014, and uh, they were generally awful in the 2002 and 2006 World Cups. Fun fact, Poland had the worst defense of all European group winners during qualifying. So um, I guess we're not recommending going in for any Polish defenders, even though I look at this Polish squad, I am officially voting them the uh, World Cup team most likely to be better off as a hockey team. Uh, just <laughs> just massive, large men. My favorite defender's name is Camel uh, Glick. So that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and uh, don't forget uh, Chesney, former Arsenal FPL blast from the past. He's in goal for them. And um, here's one to root for. For all you whole city fans, before they were relegated recently from the Premier League, they had brought this guy in. I think he was like a January trans- transfer window guy, Camel uh, Grosicki. And he is kind of a pacey, mm-hmm. tricky winger midfielder. And if Lewandowski is not scoring for Poland, Grosicki is scoring those goals or providing assists. So I think he's an interesting midfield punch there. And that's not Camille, it's Camel. That's you think it would be Camille, like Camille Nangiani. But Ooh, the, the the famous Maybe Polish person, Camille Nangiani. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the great yeah. Polish comedians working today, Brandon. All right. Uh, <laughs> Colombia, Las Los Cafet. Colombia, Los Cafeteros, the coffee growers. How's that for a nickname? I love that. That almost that almost feels like a nickname that someone gave them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that sounds insulting. Like <laughs> I don't know. I love a good cup of coffee. Uh FIFA rank sure, number sixteen. They true. stole everyone's heart in uh twenty fourteen with um Hamas Rodriguez. He won the golden boot yes. in twenty fourteen and won the award for like best goal of the tournament. That that sort of like spinny yeah, volley goal. thing that he did, which was really oh, amazing. Beautiful goal. Uh, 2014 was their first World Cup since France in 1998. So I think they came back pretty strong in 2014. A great showing. Um, plenty of fantastic dancing after scoring goals. So we're looking forward to more of that in 2018. <laughs> Notable friendly in late, late March, Colombia beat France 3-2 with goals from Muriel Falcao. And Quintero, I know one of those guys, and that's 
Radamel Falcao, <laughs> who is um, not as aged as um, I feel he is. He's only age 32. He's excelling. Back at Monaco, he scored 24 goals across all competitions last wow. season. So he's in he's in pretty good form. But um, for whatever reason, he's not necessarily banging in goals for Colombia over the last uh, two years for his country. He's only scored four goals. So Hamas Rodriguez may be the standout favorite here. Um, I think I have him tallied at eight goals at Bayern Munich last season. FPL favorites to note for Colombia, uh, Brighton's Izquierdo. Just five caps and one goal for Colombia, but uh, he scored five for Brighton, hitting late form, so one to watch there. He's a fun player. Uh, Spurs defender Davidson Sanchez. Uh, he's he's younger into the Colombia squad with nine caps, but he looks locked in for a start. He, yeah. And he have the strong start and disappointing finish in the Premier League. Yeah, he just kind of never right. never came to the fore with any real personality for Spurs, but he's a young player. Yeah, I felt like he was just... Yeah, exactly. He's a young player. I felt like he was rock solid when he joined the club, and then it was like the second half was kind of a... Yeah. Not so yeah, uh, some concerns over David Ospina, who barely got any games um, in Arsene Wenger's last season, but he'll be their starting goalkeeper. And a, a perpetually fascinating player, Juan, Quad- Juan, Juan Cuadrado. Uh, he scored five for Juventus last season. He's one of these players where everyone sort of kind of thinks he's good, but is he ever good? Have you ever seen him actually be good? I don't know. I don't watch Juventus. So so that's Colombia. All right, two more teams to go here in Group H. Senegal. This is probably my favorite nickname so far. The Lions of Taranga. And Taranga in Senegal means hospitality. So you're pairing uh, ferocious lions with hospitality. The Lions of Hospitality. I love this. Okay. Yeah. I actually think Radisson uses that as slogan as well. Marriott's around the world rooting for the (laughs) Senegalese team. FIFA rank of 28. This will be Senegal's second ever World Cup after making the quarterfinals in 2002. And uh, they lost to Turkey. A lot of people losing to Turkey in historic World Cup matches in this preview. (laughs) Uh, Senegal have an interesting group of Premier League misfits. Let me name name a few for you, Josh. Uh, Diafra Sacco, um, ousted from mm-hmm. West Ham. He's now playing at Rennes. Kiate uh, from West Ham. Um, Mama Diouf, now playing in the championship, Mama <laughs> Diouf. Joining him there will be uh, Badu Ndiaye, a defensive player for, for Stoke City. And Adrisa Gay, Everton's kind of defensive-ish midfielder. Uh, can I entice you with any of those players, Josh? In World Cup fantasy. No, I mean, Mamadjouf will always blow me away. Like, he has to be in the top five worst strikers for a non-relegated squad, right? For like a team, for like a, like a player who is on a, on a team that didn't just get promoted. You know, sometimes that happens. Like, a team will come up and it's like, they just don't have any strikers, yeah. right? Because it's just, they just like, they got by and they're like strong defense or, well, you know, muscle people. I mean, y- yeah. If, uh, if Saito Barahino is also on the bench, I mean, I guess you don't really have much of a choice <laughs> but to play Dave. Um, uh, I'll flag one other player before we get to um, Sadio Mane. Musa Kanate. He is a striker at Amiens, a, a Ligue 1 uh, side. And he is now legend at Amiens, who uh, by scoring a brace against PSG in I think it was their final match of the season or a match 
in which he scored a brace to draw level with PSG and to, to save that club from getting relegated. And also, Kanate scored against South Korea in a friendly today. So he is red hot, Josh, coming into the World World Cup. Um, however, judging by recent rotation, it looks like Diafra Sacco is the more re- reliable starter there. But yeah, Sadio Mane, what do you think of this guy? 20 goals last season for Liverpool across all competitions. He's he's pretty good. Sadio Mane is an absolutely brilliant player. I mean, he's so he's so good. And... I feel like across these four groups, I, I do think he's probably the second best player after Lewandowski. Um, I guess you could make an argument for um, for Hamas Rodriguez, but I, I think I'd, I think I'd rate Mane over him. Um, I think he alone might get Senegal into the round of sixteen. He could, yeah, right? Just like his, yeah. Uh, last but not least, in our World Cup preview, uh, bringing up the rear in Group H, it's Japan. My vote for best kit in the World Cup. I love this blue jersey with the little like little uh, white flecks all over. It's very classy. It's great, great jersey. And they're nicknamed the Samurai Blue. FIFA rank sixty. Not particularly impressive. Uh, perennial qualifiers. They kind of remind me of the U.S. in that way. Uh, since '98, they've they've qualified for every World Cup, but they have only managed to escape their group twice. And uh, they finished twenty in 29th place in the last World Cup in 2014. Um, they play their final warm-up friendly tomorrow, probably when you're listening to this episode against Paraguay. They have not kept a single clean sheet in their last six matches, and they were obliterated by South Korea, a team we previewed moments earlier in the East Asian Cup <laughs> final in December. Not really a full-strength squad for Japan in that tournament, but um, no clean sheets in their last six matches, dis- despite them being friendlies. That doesn't really instill me with a whole lot of faith that Maya Yoshida is going to step in and change things for him. I noted this, Josh. I think you'd appreciate this. In the Guardians World Cup player preview, they highlighted Maya Yoshida as Japan's, quote, star player. That's amazing. I mean, that Southampton defense was terrible this year, but... <laughs> I guess he plays with a lot of desire. I mean, I like I like Yoshida, yeah. even though I don't think he's that good. So there's been there has been some real tumult with um, j- the Japan side. I'm sure a lot of other previews are touching upon this, but they had this um, Bosnian manager. Uh, I'm I won't belabor the I won't try to pronounce his name, but it sounds like he basically drove uh, Japan's side into complete turmoil and there came a point where he was not starting star players like Shinji Kagawa so he was ousted in April now they have this new coach Akira Nishino and most recently he managed in Japan's uh, top flight league and the club that he managed I love this name Nagoya Grampus so so there <laughs> you go the name. Nagoya Grampuses uh coming at you so now that there's under now that they're under new management uh, we've got Shinji Kagawa you remember this guy under Sir Alex Ferguson he kind of flourished and then David Moyes came in and uh he he quickly said <laughs> I'll go back to Dortmund thank you very much um mm-hmm. so uh he's been doing he's been doing decently at Dortmund he scored six goals last season for them and six Goals for Japan over the last year. Um, two other um, star attackers, Kasuki Honda, who plays weirdly. This uh, Japanese attacking star plays in Mexicans Liga MX. 
Mexico's Liga MX. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and uh, Shinji Okazaki, Leicester City's own. You know him. You love him. I love Okazaki. What a, what a joyous player. Um, he scored seven goals for Leicester in the last season. I guess there's he's still a hard worker and a pretty class finisher. So Japan, there you go. Oh, I also wanted to mention a uh, the the other oddball attacking player, Genki Haraji, Haraguchi. This name kind of popped up when you scrolled through there. How do I end up putting this guy's name in the running order? It's because when you scroll through <laughs> the scoring output of Japan, which is which is not a lot in uh, in the last year, his name is periodically popping up. He is a winger for Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, so there you go, twenty-seven-year-old winger. I just, I just like the way you added the Gucci at the end. It was like all the emphasis on was on the hurrah, hurrah, Gucci. Really the... <laughs> uh, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look him up later. I want to see this ginger hair. So Samurai Blue, the League, the Alliance of Hospitality, the Coffee Growers, and the White, the Whites and Reds. Now, is that is that better? Then the the group that came before that, which is the Three Lions, the Red Devils, the Eagles of Carthage, <laughs> the Canal Men. It's tough. I feel <laughs> like we have to put all these names. We have to do some sort of tournament of nicknames. Now, now that we don't yeah. already have a billion different World Cup games happening at once right now, but I do feel like it's worth at least yeah. an online poll for people to vote on best best group for nicknames. Yeah. Let's do that. That sounds good. All right, Brandon, we have gotten through all 12 pages of our notes. You know what we should do, Brandon? We should put these notes up on our Patreon page as a Patreon. We should publish an ebook. <laughs> we should publish. This is a lot of this is a lot of words. If you have held on and listened this far into the podcast, thank you very much. To hear two men who have like crammed for a test the night before, <laughs> two grown men who believe that they're still still studying for World Cup two hundred one. That was exhausting. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've listened this far, then you are definitely meant to be a Patreon supporter. Uh, join the Patreon uh, group. If you do it in the next two days, then you can uh, participate in the World Cup uh, pick a t- pick a country challenge. Um, and you also get a chance to join the Slack, which will be a great place for conversation throughout the World Cup. Um, and the uh, you know also make sure to join our FIFA League. The winner we actually didn't talk about this at the start of the podcast. We should have. The winner uh, gets to be a guest on the podcast to talk about a team of their choice to preview a team of their choice in the Premier League um, at the start of next season. Um, Brandon, where can people find the podcast and us in general? Yeah, uh, follow us on social media. We're we're very active on Twitter, at HailCheaters, also Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. And uh, feel free to follow us at Instagram. Maybe I'll post a few World Cup-related pictures there on our Instagram during the tournament. Uh, You can find links to all this stuff at our website, AlwaysCheating.com. And we can't um, stress enough, just, just subscribe to the podcast. You'll never miss a moment. You'll never miss another... 32 team preview from me and josh so subscribe to always cheating go to the itunes slash apple podcast store and subscribe if you have a moment give us a five star rating and leave a review that really helps the podcast we're also on stitcher radio soundcloud google play acast uh pocket cast wherever you get your podcast you'll find always cheating so please do subscribe rate and review uh you said it all brandon so i will just say Thank you for listening to the podcast. Good luck during the World Cup. 
don't take the fantasy game too seriously in the World Cup. The Premier League season is serious enough. Just enjoy the matches because the World Cup was a great experience. And you don't want to not, you know, enjoy your. <clears throat> I'm getting very choked up here, Brandon. Yeah, uh, you don't want to. <laughs> You're going to get wanna, me talking about Anthony Bourdain here in a minute. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't want to uh, not be enjoying some dramatic match where Panama beats, you know, England or something uh, just because, like, you've got a player in one of those fantasy teams. Like, it's the World Cup should be a place primarily for fun. Uh, I say that knowing that we're, you know, but we're very invested in, in lots of different fantasy things. But I know, at least personally, I'm taking the fantasy stuff uh, pretty lightly during the World Cup, and I'm just planning to really enjoy myself and, and watch the games. It's going to be a true celebration. So uh, with that, should we should we hail John Obi McHale? Yeah, hail hail Obi McHale, hail John Obi, John Obi uh, Sorloth, uh, his son. Uh, hail <laughs> hail John Obi and Bacani. A lot of great, John, a lot of great John Obis, aren't there? This is really one of the more common names in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, it, it truly is. All right, guys, it's the World Cup. Have fun. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.